welcome back to part two of the Hennessy Files podcast, proudly presented by Aloha Surf Manly. The one thing I'll say about surfing is it's unique in many facets, and the the most unique thing about it is that you do lose by the barest of margins. And if people who are you know not surf crazy, for them to understand exactly the mental drain that can have on an athlete, it's incredible. And I, I think it's really underplayed because you know you can travel halfway around the world and know that you've been jibbed. Yeah. And it's not meaning from the judges, but yeah. know that you feel like you've won that heat. And, and that's part of the battle, isn't it? Trying yeah. to, to mentally stay in strong. 100%. And you know what? Surfing is so easy itself. Like the surfing part is the easiest part. The hard part is to travel around, like across the world. So it's it costs a lot of money to go across the world. You get there, you've done all the training, and then you get in the heat and it's not like a tennis court or something the ocean moves you go in your heat and you go you pat on the right and you, all of a sudden the chain the tide changes and stops breaking and you don't get a wave and you lose so you get so you lose you're like you're like okay this cost me that much money you went across the world like you're like okay i gotta travel back to across the world to do another event and it happens again and again and sometimes you get into this negative like uh moments where you just like it's so hard mentally you know you're like you're just spending all your money you go into all these places you're far away from all your loved ones and you're just getting smashed not because you think not because you're you're surfing bad but because you're kind of unlucky and that's surfing surfing is a sport where it does happen so the one thing that i've realized over the years it's at one point it turns around and, but back then, I didn't know it was going to turn around. 100%. You know, I really believe that if you have a shocker for a couple of events, at one point, it's going to turn around in your favor. And the guy against you is the one who's going to have the shocker, you know. And, it's, and it took me a while to realize that. But now when, when I see kids kind of lost or like on the QS, guys on the QS struggling and stuff, I was like, don't worry. Like if you're a good surfer, like I know you are a good surfer, you're ripping. I've seen you in the free surf. You've just lost like the last three events because you make, uh, you didn't get the waves and stuff like that. It's gonna change. Like it always changes. It's so hard to explain that to a young grommet. Like we have some really good grommets coming through our system, and and trying to get them to understand that those really heartbreaking losses that just make you want to scream will eventually turn around if you see it out and that's the hard part of our sport like so many people don't see it out but i'm with you mate it is it is part of the actual unique thing that makes surfing so special and and there's those who give up and those who push through you know there's a lot of guys that unfortunately a lot of good surfers that overseen all of a sudden you see just fading away yeah because mentally they just they just can't have it and i you know it's a it's really hard it's not everyone that can just cop like you know cop it and take it and keep going for years and until it goes goes well you know you see a kid like uh, jack robinson you know you see him now like he's wow. finally everything's coming together for him but he's been struggling and he's one of the best, you know. I feel like, you know, he's been really good surfer for a long time and especially on his, his group of friends like uh, Kanoa and Mikey and Leo and that whole generation, you know, they've been doing well for a long time. I feel like Jack should have been doing well for a long time too, but it just kind of just, it just kind of just happened just now. I think with Jack too, but he was a late bloomer because he, as a junior, we rarely saw Jack compete. 
Yeah. He, he been in WA. There was always this hype about him, but rarely would you see him over here competed against our guys. But yeah, like you said, it's taken him a bit to to switch yeah. those juices on. And now that he's on, I don't see him going anywhere for many years. You know. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the good times in your career. You've had four victories. For me, my favorite victory of yours is definitely France. 2019 to see the crowd to see the atmosphere to see the relief on your face and i will say that's what it looked like i was like thank god this has finally happened because i knew how much you wanted to win at home what out of the four titles is your favorite title oh after france after that french final i wanted to retire i was (laughs) i was seriously ready for it i told my girlfriend like before just before we were waiting to go on the podium i was like i might just announce it just now I just say, you know what? <laughs> like, see ya. <laughs> like, I've done it. You know, I've I've done way more than I thought I'd be capable of doing. Uh, so the first, uh, it did just different wins for me. You know, the first Pipe Masters was a huge relief because I felt like all the hype that was around me, all the people that invested in me, that believed in me, that was kind of a way to be like, okay, I did this. I got my name on that legendary trophy next to all these legends of the biggest you know, surfing events and that no one's gonna take it away from me. So all that hype that was around me, or the, I'm like, it was like a relief. It's like, okay, I, I did something, you know, I won, I won something and it's, it, it was a really proud moment for me. Um, the second Pipe Masters, it was a really proud moment too in its way because I was like seven or eight years later and it was against John John in the final at his home break. I mean, what what are the chances to beat John John in the last seconds? And you got him on a buzzer beater. On the buzzer beater. I mean, the the what are the chances? I mean, that against a world champ, you know? I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Just when Just when also I was thinking about, you know, like stopping, I was like, you know, thinking maybe I, I'm, I'm not a... Uh, um, I should start thinking of, you know, stepping away and I don't know if I'm good enough to be surfing against these guys again and stuff. And then that win just gets gets me going again, you know? And I was like, wow, like I can still beat these guys, you know? It was a really proud moment. What about Gabby at Chopes? See, the three wins yeah. you had, right, when you think yeah. of it, we're talking the best of the best. You yeah. beat Kelly in 2010, yeah. Johnny in 2007, and you beat Gabby at Chopes. Chopes. Yeah. Yeah. It's an and, incredible achievement. And that win at Chopes was, uh, I wasn't supposed to surf in that event because I had that accident uh, in uh, Indonesia peak. like a couple of months before. And uh, it was really, yeah, really scary injury. So I had a like brain damage, still have it today. And... Um, and yeah, the first few doctors that I thought that I saw, you know, pretty much told me like, like not sure if it's a right decision to be surfing again, like that bad. Wow. And I'm like, what? Like, and then I saw more doctors, like all of a sudden it was like, you know, panic, you know, so I start seeing a lot more doctors and, and, uh, you know, got it together. We saw that I actually had like a, a rock, um, of blood in my brain. Um, so it got, it got serious and uh, so I missed a few events. I think, and uh, and then Chopu came up, and I remember asking the doctor. I was like, like as a joke, you know, I was like, you think I can surf Chopu? I thought his answer would be no. He's like, yeah, well, if you wear a helmet, yeah, you can surf it. And I was like, really? I can? You th- really think I can surf Chopu? He's like, yeah, I think if you wear a helmet, you know, like you, you know, go there, you know, go to Tahiti, get in the water. If it's huge, if it's massive and dangerous or whatever, uh, just you're the you're the only one that can feel it. So I got there and wore a helmet first time that I was actually wearing helmets 
and I every hit I was choosing like two waves a hit like I didn't take any risk and it worked out in my favor I was I remember taking like maximum like three waves every hit and just wouldn't surf I was just waiting 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 and then all of a sudden the bomb would come and I'd have it and get like a nine and then and then get another one and same thing um and that went all the way to the final and in the final I was against Gabby he was the man to beat it was the best of the event and same thing I just sat sat with him like we hassled the shit out shit out of each other to go to get the inside the first priority we went all the way up the point came back and I was like you know what I don't care about surfing I don't want to surf because I have brain damage so I, I want to be on the best wave and if we if you're not catching wave I'm not catching waves too kind of it was pretty crazy like it's the first time ever that I was actually thinking like that and it worked you know it worked out in my favor and it wasn't really a game plan it, I was just trying to be safe and it worked out really good and um and and yeah and then I ended up winning that final I, I couldn't believe I won that event after all I've been through the, the few months prior to that yeah was that the the heaviest injury you've ever had surfing is renowned for being a pretty dangerous sport at the best of times uh i remember seeing a photo of your head after that after that lakey peak incident was that the heaviest wipeout and the heaviest situation you've ever been with with your health yeah it's not the heaviest wipeout but it's definitely the heaviest situation i've ever been in just being in you know like in the middle of nowhere my face my head was like a rugby ball like football um no doctors nobody around the helicopters took 24 hours to come pick me up i just you know like i had i had uh, i was uh i was um losing uh, memories a lot you know i lost memory two hours after that so for two hours like people were talking to me i didn't even know who i was where i was and then I, it came back and then that whole night I, it, it went like a uh, lost memory again and then it came back again I was just really scared about the brain damage. That's mostly, you know. Um, so I got, I, I, yeah, to be honest, I was really scared about that one. Just really scared about, um, you know, just what was going to happen to me because I felt that my brain was really messed up, you know. So my face was messed up, but that didn't really matter, you know. Cuts, you can always, uh, uh, you can always fix that, but just a brain I wasn't sure and I was scared that my brain was damaged you know and it was a little bit but it ended up being you know better than we thought mate let's talk about uh wins other than two wins uh representing France how important has that been to you in your career because in 2009 you were the men's individual world champ for the ISA yeah. and then uh in I think it was 17 that uh you guys just absolutely tore it apart at Bay Ridge to win the teams. So. How special was that for you? Yeah, it's proud. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I've been, I've been to uh, many countries. I feel like I have so many different cultures inside me, but I am French, you know, yeah. and I'm proud to represent France. And um, we have a solid group of surfers in France too that we all get along. And, um, you know, uh, that whole crew with Mickey and, you know, Fred Robin and uh, Marc Lacomar, Joan Duru, uh, Michel, who's Asian, but French too. Uh, he's, I mean, we have a solid crew where we really, re we are all really tight. So, um, you know, it, I've, I've always been proud to represent that. And also it's, uh, 
there's a lot of surf fans in France. Oh, they're f- French people love surfing, and I think that's something that you know WSL are kind of missing. They're kind of missing that that these fans in Europe, and that's you know I was, we were talking about the schedule. And I'm really, really sad and really bummed that there's no events in Europe because people breathe surfing over there. So people think that it's like a soccer country. It is. It's like people love soccer, love rugby. But there's people over there in France that would not sleep all night to watch an event, you know, across the world on the website um, just because or just to wait for like a, one of my heat or because they just love it. You know, they're passionate. And so that, I mean, you, you would have seen it during the events over there, you know? I love it. Uh, yeah. uh, to be honest, uh, my favorite holiday place in the world is Bay Ritz. Yeah, yeah. I love that yeah. town. And I've been to Hostica many times as a surf fan and as a coach or whatever. But yeah, they are fanatical. Yeah. And it's incredible that, yeah. you know, I'm with you. Like, I just don't get how we could have events in Brazil and the States, but yeah. not have an event in Europe. Well, yeah. they're going to have a Challenger Series event there. They're, they're talking the about it. They're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's the difference? Exactly. I mean, you know, people want to dream. People want to want to see their their idols on the beach. People want to see them surfing. People want to see John John Florence. People want to see Gabriel Medina. They're the guys that they want to see. You know, and and that's why. Like you know, like when I was younger in Reunion, when there was one event in Reunion, and you'd see Kelly Slater and you know Sonny Garcia, Rob Machado. These guys, you know, that made me want to be have the life I have today. It makes you dream, you know. It's weird you say that because watching Newcastle and Narrabeen, there is a total different vibe. Like I have a lot to do with the, the event, the Challenger event at Manly, but uh, surf fans want to see the best of the best. Like yep. that atmosphere at Narrabeen the other day was yeah. all time. Like yeah. honestly, and and you're right. Uh, uh, giving the surf fans what they want is really important yeah globally globally exactly it's it's important it's like an important i mean we surf for the fans you know it's that that's one of the reasons why we surf too you know so for example when we had uh the event at pipe um in december you know the pipe master and there was no crowd on the beach i didn't like it was it that would have felt so strange yeah i didn't like and i, I mean i understand the restrictions and stuff and you know i'd rather surf but I, man, it's like you know, like you want to you want to hear the crowd like roar after each each waves or scream or or whistles or like you know like or the crowd like you know mad or happy. That's the the whole the whole reason why we we try put us on a show out there. You know, funny you say that because in Australia I've got friends who play at the elite level rugby league for Manly, and last year when COVID hit, they started putting paper cutouts in seats in the stadiums so it looked like there was people there and and the boys were like mate it's just it's the weirdest feeling like having no one there to just cheer you on yeah well that's what's going on in europe all the soccer games and rugby games there's nobody in the in the in the stadium it's yeah it's pretty pretty sad so having people here you know i didn't get the results i wanted but it was so good to have the people like just you know that's cheering on you and stuff it's it it was amazing and the crowd was seriously like epic during these two events they were from like the internet that just the power of the people was pretty incredible this year the olympics it's even hard to comprehend that we have our sport in the olympics how proud are you that you're going to be going to the olympics yeah really proud growing up i never dreamed of being in the olympic because surfing was never in the olympics so never even thought about it but i've always 
loved watching the Olympics. Every time the Olympics is on, I'm watching as long, as much as I can. 100%. I watch the handball. I watch anything. Yeah, everything. But there's something I always thought about is there was some sports in there where I was just like, how is this like shitty sport (laughs) in the Olympics and surfing is not? It didn't make sense to me, you know? It's just going to be a real proud moment you know to be part of it it's just uh it's well historical it's like a proud moment for my whole local community you know i feel like when you surf in an event like this it's like you're surfing for your whole island your whole you know where you're from your family you know your history too you know your your uh, you know grandparents every everyone it's just like a it's a different i don't know i take it in a different way as i would take a world tour event um we're still, we're still pretty curious how it's going to roll out because it's in Japan. Uh, I love Japan, uh, but, you know, you, it's, it's only a few days. There won't be many uh, uh, waiting period. Uh, I heard it's, they're going to have to run on certain days. Is it a Chiba? Sorry? Where is it going to be held at? Uh, I forgot. Is I it Chiba? Uh, I think it's Chiba, yeah. yeah. I think it's Chiba, yeah. And uh, waves are going to be pretty small i mean the format apparently is going to be really different too from uh from what we're used to so it's going to be you know it's going to be an experience i don't know if it's going to be great i think but just to be part of it it's going to be a bit different of course because we for example we heard i think we won't be allowed to uh the surface to be part of the opening oh, ceremony that, i was gonna ask you yeah that's i think sad. I, um, I heard i heard a rumor saying that wow. yeah but that's all because of the covid restriction and all that so that's sad because that was the whole idea of doing the olympics is, is being part of a moment like that 100 percent. but yeah i mean it's just we'll see i think you know for a country like uh france um you know, I was talking how passionate surfers, uh, French fans are, but the the media, the big media in France, never really cared about surfing. The big media in France never really showed uh, the attention the surfing deserves. This beautiful sport. So ever since surfing has been in the Olympics, I get called from the biggest TV uh, media or like journalists in France because surfing is in the Olympics and asking all these questions like, oh, and I'm like, you know, we have a. You know, a sport, surfing is one of the most beautiful sport in the world. And if and and we have a world tour events and it's all happening and I'm trying to like teach them and trying to show them, make them discover how amazing our, our sport is, you know. And it's good and sad in a way because it's good because a lot of people are going to discover this amazing sport. But in this way, it's kind of sad because it, surfing has never had the attention I think they deserve, like like it is in Australia, like it is in America or Brazil, you know. Let's talk about your long association with your major backer, Quicksilver, and how important those relationships within that company has been to your growth and your career overall. Yeah, really important, really. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am without Quicksilver, for sure. The help of uh, Pierre Agnès, is, uh, who passed away a few years ago, uh, was a mentor. He was like a second dad to me, and he, you know, he he made the smartest decision for me and put me in the in the most um, uh, just you know. It wasn't you know nowadays. I'm kind of against the way things works with sponsors. You know, it's like oh, there's this good kid down the street. I was like oh, we'll just get him for twenty grand or I don't know whatever. Just give him this check, and the kid just goes around and just surfs and. 
I don't think it's the way to do it. I think what Quicksilver did with me is uh, what did with other kids like uh, Kanoa and Leo and Mikey and all these kids. It's a really smart way to do it, to just actually follow guys, to send guys in different locations as kids uh, to, to learn experiences. So all this is a big cost, but you're not actually getting big money into your account, but big money into your account. I mean, you get, you'll get it later, you know, it's an investment. You'll get the big money once you get on tour, once you win events, then you deserve. But once you're a kid, you want to go around the world and going around the world, being around uh, events in houses with coaches and stuff like that, that's cost a lot of money. And I'd rather see brands investing that way than to just give a check and they're like, all right, go I'll for it. Out. You know what I mean? It's, uh, and I think Quicksilver did, uh, did it really well with me. I mean, when I was young, I got to go on surf trips with Tommy Carroll, with Kelly Slater, with all my, my, all my idols. I mean, that's, that's, that's priceless, really. You know, I would have, you know, like, it's, it's really priceless. I got to, so when we used to live here in Australia, uh, in Newport, uh, Quicksilver used to rent the house for us to be uh, here in, uh, in Australia for my family. So that's a big investment, but I wasn't actually getting money back then, you know? You were just getting uh, part of your development. Exactly. It was like, yeah. I want to talk about giving back as well, because I think it's an important part of every athlete, uh, what they give back to uh, people and to the next generation. Your relationship, giving and helping out Joan Defay. What an incredible uh, gesture it was. What did you see in her as a youngster that you went, you know what? She hasn't got any back in. I'll back her in. She's got the talent for sure. Well, it's a small community, like I said earlier, you know, it's a sur- Reunion is a small surfing community. So when, you know, one does well, everyone's so proud, no matter what sport it is. Um, so having a, I just thought, I seen Joan, you know, there's, there's a group of girls from Reunion that were surfing really good, still surf really good. But, you know, they're just surfing events and they were surfing really good in good waves because Reunion has good, good waves. So every time uh, all the girls would surf in beach breaks in France, they would struggle a little bit. But then Joan made it happen and she had sponsors and stuff. And when she did qualify on tour, she lost all her sponsors. Yeah, I just thought, imagine your confidence level for, um, for young women to get on tour you know, being French also, you know, where it's mainly dominated by English, um, I mean, Australians, Americans, you know, like, so uh, that itself being part of the tour, it's just, it's already, you're already kind of looking up, kind of, kind of scared, you know, and then all your sponsors just bail on you. So I thought it was, I thought it was terrible. And I just, I just thought it was, you know, I helped her out, but I just wanted to show her that I believed in her. Yep. You know, and I think that's the main thing. Um, sometimes it's not so much financially. It's about like having someone believing in you that's giving you the confidence to do well. And when everyone bails on you, then all of a sudden you must think you're not good enough. So I want to show her that I believe in her and I'm investing and in helping her financially in her because I know she's going to do well. And I remember the first couple of events here, she would like cry. She thought she didn't have a place. She thought she wasn't good enough she thought she had nothing to do on tour and stuff and i was like you don't worry it's gonna come good waves gonna come you're a good surfer especially when the waves are good so now she's good all around surfers because she's a hard worker but back then she was really good mainly good in good waves so whenever the waves were kind of small and stuff she wasn't as good so i think the um, the one event that turned around was fiji 
She's worked it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's now she's, she's found the formula. She's found it there big time. She's so. she's capable of winning a world title, guaranteed. She's got all the attributes that is required to make it to that level. Yeah, uh, 100%. She does that all, you know, nutrition, all the physical aspect, all the like mental aspect. Like she does it all. And she, so she really deserves everything she has nowadays. And you can see in her surfing, she can beat anyone. Like I, I'm. I actually after after Newcastle, like she lost against Carissa in that heat, she did the big airs. I thought she should have won outside the air, so as, so the air kind of killed it, and she, you know that air was amazing. But if Carissa didn't do this air, I think Joan would have won that heat, should have won that heat anyways. So I told uh, I texted Joan, I was like, Joan, you know what? You're surfing better than ever. Like I just wanted you to know that that you might have not get the results you deserve. But it's gonna switch at some point this year, very soon, I reckon, because I've, because you're faster, you're stronger, and you're doing turns way way better than other girls at the moment. I really think so. So she was all happy and stuff. And here in Arabian, things kind of got back together. And then she lost. She was she, she didn't get um, many many waves in her quarterfinal, but she can definitely win. That's events. good. It's still yeah. a good result. She looked yeah. very strong. Yeah. All right, mate. Last question. How important has your family been to where you've gone in your career man you know what my dad was really hard on me when i was younger you know my dad is a surfer but he comes from the footy world too he's you know he's tough he was always tough on me but i was the one that that really wanted to be a professional surfer and it was you know coming from a small island it was kind of mission impossible i would have never thought i'd be where i am today back then you know i mean it was a dream of course but so my dad was like you you want to do that you want to like because when i when i heard you could make a living of surfing i was like no way like this is like the ultimate dream imagine like you're actually getting paid for surfing <laughs> how good's that so i told my dad i was like i want to be a surfer like i want to make a living surfing i don't want to i don't want a job like a real job i don't want to work in an office i don't want i, I want to surf and get paid and my dad's like well if you want to do that it's going to be really hard it's going to be a long way um, and I'm, it's not going to be easy on you and I won't be easy on you. So it wasn't easy. And I had this relationship with my dad where he's my dad and my coach. So it was even harder, you know. So, but in saying that, when I turned 15 or 16, when I went on a QS, he just fully stepped away and he thought I was ready to to do it myself, you know. So after all the years that followed, I still he still helped me out, but from a distance. You know, he was there here and there in events, but he was really just way nicer, you know. He was <laughs> being your dad. Just being my dad. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't being like my my intense coach anymore, you know. So, so I think, yeah, he played a huge role. I mean, you know, every time, still to today, you know, whenever he, hear, he sees me like kind of surfing with my arms, kind of just giving up and stuff. It rips just, in. He just rips in that just, you know, kicks my ass and just like, just like, are you serious? Like, what the fuck? What are you doing? You know? And I, and I need that sometimes, you know? I've got a great uh, Patrick story. Uh, I sold a unit in uh, Manly yeah. like three years ago and the guy who bought my unit came to me like very, you know, very sheepishly uh, one afternoon. He said, oh, I know you're in the surfing industry. And I said, oh, yeah. And he said, oh, have you ever heard of Jeremy Flores? I went, yeah, of course I have. I've known him since he was 10. <laughs> and he said, I grew up in Reunion. He's a banker. Wow. His name was Jean-Pierre. And yeah. he said, my idol growing up yeah. 
was Patrick. No way. And wow. he said when Patrick was young, he used to walk around with the cool sunglasses <laughs> and everyone wanted to be Patrick Flores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So if you're listening to this, Patrick, yeah, you yeah. got many fans. The guy was so blown away, not by you, yeah. but by your dad. No, he, he said, was, oh, Jeremy, unbelievable. Yeah. But Patrick was my, yeah, he yeah, was my, yeah. he was my hero. Yeah, yeah. He was a character, man. I <laughs> mean, he's, that's why it was good because he had some, he, through his experiences, you know, he, he made sure too, you know, that I had fun too. You know, it was like just just one little example. But when I was a grom, you know, he'd like, you know, a bit older. But he was like, okay, like before the event, like you're serious. You know, you're not doing anything. You're not gonna walk around the street. You're not gonna go chase chicks and all that. But no matter you, what you do, like you win or you lose, I want to see you go mad after it <laughs> because you put all this effort into this event. You know win or lose you lose first round or if you win the event i want to see you that night go absolutely mad because you deserve it and you know that's it's kind of a not every parent would say that you no. know <laughs> especially when you're younger you know but he would he would he would say that and that made it fun too made the person i am today i think it's I think it's actually a good attitude to have because as a professional athlete, you've got to have a fine balance. You can't be on all the time. It's it's physically and mentally impossible. And to have that kind of balance is really important. But yeah, your dad's a unique man. <laughs> yeah. And my mum, you know, my my mum's always been about balance. So my dad's like, you know, is a loud mouth and my mum's like uh, the other side. So whenever everything's wrong, whenever like we've just fighting each other with my dad just you know like my mom's there to to, to, to sort it to out sort it out and to she's just the most gentle uh woman uh ever my mom and she was i needed that too i needed that that because if not it would have been too intense i was an intense kid with an intense dad just all intense so i, I needed that 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 slow mellow comfort from my from my mother well mate I'm stoked that we actually, it's been quite a few years since I've actually been able to catch up with you and you know that I've got you yeah, in my yeah. heart as part of my family and, and to have you on my podcast, it's always been one of my big wishes. So I'm proud of you as a person. I'm proud of your career and uh, I wish you all the best with moving forward, Jeremy. Thank you, Jimmy. Well, it makes makes me uh, emotional because you know what? I've always said, I've told you, like you're one of the person that are the reason why I'm here too, you know, because back then when no one, you know, like we said, no one would let me surf in the events and stuff. I mean, if I didn't win that Aloha, Aloha Hornet back in the day, who knows? I would have might not, not want to be a surfer, you know? <laughs> so. Champion, good luck in WA legend. Thank you so much, Jimmy. The Hennessy Files podcast series, proudly presented by Aloha Surfman. Thanks for listening and don't forget to check out next week's episode.